Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. So one of the biggest causes of contention in a marriage is money. And the reason why that is, is because when people come into a marriage, they come in with often very different ideas of how money should be managed or the role it should play in your life. So, you know, you might have someone who's a spendthrift who likes to, you know, Get much, circulate money into the system while you have others who are they're frugal and they want to they're a tightwad and that can really cause contention or you might have individuals who they want to spend their money on different things right and you have to figure out how to reconcile those two things so if you're married you understand you probably have had those arguments or discussions with your significant other about money if you are about to get married, this is a conversation you need to have with your prospective spouse so that you guys are on the same page when it comes to finances so you can hit the ground running uh, with your marriage and avoid some of those really big blow-up arguments that often happen about money. Anyways, my guests today on the podcast are a couple who had one of those big financial catastrophes right at the beginning of their relationship, and they had to figure out a way to navigate through it. And in the process, they learned a lot along the way, and they wrote a book sharing what they learned. Their names are Derek and Carrie Olson. They're a married couple, and they're the, they're the authors of the book, One Bed, One Bank Account, Better Conversations on Money and Marriage. And today's podcast, we discuss tips on how to avoid the big brawls about money in, in, a, in a marriage or a relationship. And what it all comes down to is conversations. And in the process of discussing money, what we'll find out is that it can actually, you'll be discussing other aspects of your relationship that aren't directly related to money or related to money, but are bigger picture. Really great podcast, a lot of great takeaways. So without further ado, Derek and Carrie Olson, One Bed, One Bank Account. All right, Derek and Carrie Olson, welcome to the show. Thank awesome. you so much. Thanks for having us. All right, so you are a uh, husband-wife team who started a podcast, wrote a book about marriage and money. And this is a possibly a tense subject for a lot of our listeners out there. There's probably a lot of guys out there who've had some a lot of fights with their wives or arguments or maybe just tense, awkward silence about money. Um can you tell us why you two wrote this book? I'm sure like you're like most people who, the reason we write this book, there was a moment in your relationship where you're like, we had a problem, we solved it, here's how we did it. Is that what happened? 
Right. I don't know about solving it, but <laughs> we definitely had a problem that we addressed. And uh, I'll tell the short story, the short version. Whenever we were engaged to be married, um, Carrie owned a house that was in danger of being foreclosed on. And it was like literally within a month of our wedding date, it was going to be foreclosed on. And so here she is bringing that into the marriage. And I'm on the receiving end going, holy cow, like, that's crazy. I, I never imagined that I would have a, a foreclosure on my hands and, um, you know, sort of inheriting that, inheriting that through marriage. So um, as we were engaged in planning our wedding and all of that, we were also fighting this enormous uh, financial battle. And the, uh, the cool thing about fighting that together was that we learned so much about each other and about our history, our family history, our past, and just the way we handled conflicts and, and our views on money and all that kind of stuff. And ultimately, what we did ended up doing was a short sale, and which is still terrible financially, but not quite as bad as a foreclosure. And through that whole process, what the surprising thing was that it actually turned out really good for our relationship, which I was not really expecting. But Luckily enough, we approached this problem as a team, and we worked together to to um, you know handle this situation. And I just couldn't believe how how much of a positive impact it had on our relationship. And so, going from that, um, we started coaching some other couples, and we helped other couples through similar situations. And then we've had more couples since then reach out to us and share their story with us. And so that's where the book came from. And that's, that's basically why we wrote the book to help other couples. Awesome. So that's intense. Like a short sale, like that's like people get divorced over that, yes. <laughs> over that yeah. sort of thing. And you guys are doing it while you're getting married. Um, so, I mean, what was the key? Was it, was it just a, an attitude adjustment or was it communication? Was that like the key to this whole entire process? Yeah. So it definitely didn't start off perfect. You know, um, Derek told the short story of how, um, in the end it ended up being really great for us, but there were definitely those awkward moments, those, uh, feelings of, uh, you know, just insecurity and shame, even embarrassment. And, you know, I'm sure Derek felt very, um, you know, it was just very unfair for him, you know, to have to, you know, he had no debt whatsoever. And, um, you know, by marrying me, he was, he was, um, like he said, in inheriting that. So it, it, didn't start off easy. Um, I think the commitment to, to, um, you know, looking at each other and saying, we're going to fight this together. That was key because when we realized that the enemy wasn't each other, but the enemy was the situation, it was the, you know, we could kind of focus our energy on the, um, you know, the short sell and the process instead of each other. And that was a huge thing for us was when we realized, okay, this wall doesn't have to be between us. We can be both on the same side of the wall and put the the situation on the other side and focus our energy there. So I think that was really the the kind of the turning point for us when we stopped kind of like blaming each other or even you know being totally defensive, and uh, we were able to to focus on the problem and put our energy there. Okay. Well, we're going to talk more about how you do it because that that it's easy to say like that's what we got to do, but then it's like that's really hard to put into practice. But <coughs> excuse me. I'm curious, uh, in your experience, like in your own experience, but also in the experience of coaching other couples, what are the biggest conflicts about money that you see pop up over and over and over again? 
Well, I, I think it just all kind of stems from a lack of communication and a bit of, you know, what's mine is mine and don't try to tell me what to do with my money, which is which is understandable. Nobody really wants to be told what to do or, or with money, a lot of times it's told what not to do, you know, what you can't do. But and like we've seen time and time again, when you get in there and start talking about it and create a budget and get on a plan and start communicating, it's not as scary as it might sound and it's and it's not as just um you know restrictive as it might sound do, do you want to tell the story about about that one couple um on well sure yeah because you know it, and it, I can speak from my own personal experience too I think one of the hugest issues is not feeling like you can be honest with each other or feeling like you're going to be judged um so you feel like you have to hide which is never a good thing to bring into a relationship at any point um so yeah I don't I don't know if we necessarily need to to tell the story oh, sure. but Right. And I, is what I think is interesting, you've kind of hinted to this as well, is that, you know, money, money is this controversial. I mean, the reason I think money is so controversial is because that it's so tied up, even though we say, you know, we talk about, oh, money's not that important, but like it really is, it's tied up into our, uh, our aspirations. It's tied into our values. It's tied into emotions. memories, emotions. Yeah. Emotions. Um, and so like, you know, you, you guys talked about this a little bit about uh, the Christmas gifting, right? In your family, Carrie, as opposed into Derek's family. And like, right. you were you know, newly married and like Carrie wanted to set aside this giant budget for Christmas gifts, <laughs> right? And you were like, wait a minute, it's, that's, we don't have that much money. Why are we doing that? So talk a little bit about that. What, what was the emotion for you, Carrie, that you were investing in? Why you thought it was so important uh, to, you know, spend some money on, on Christmas? Because even if you didn't have that much at the time in your, in your relationship. Yeah, I think this is one of the one of the beautiful things about money, one of the things that we love so much is that when you start talking about money, you always end up talking about something else. So, you know, you, you come into it with, we're budgeting, but then you go into all of these weird, you know, history background places. And so for me um, and my family, what we did at Christmas was we we splurged. And even though we, we, we should not have, it was not a wise thing to do. This wasn't like... Um, you know, well thought out, but that's just what we did. That's how I was raised. And so for me, there was a lot of, um, worth that I, for me, that was tied up in, in gift giving and gift receiving. So, um, you know, kind of, if you've heard of love languages, I felt loved by receiving gifts and, and being able to give gifts to others simply because that's the way I was raised. And Derek's family wasn't like that. And, and even now, you know, we're going back, uh, home to Oklahoma for his, um, Christmas soon. And we got an email recently that said, everyone buy a $20 dirty Santa gift. And that's what we're doing. And, and that's how they, that's how they do Christmas. So just merging those two ideas, um, was, was really, really hard. And, um, so, so we just had to have that conversation and you have to take it beyond like, Oh, it's not personal. He's not trying to hurt me by not buying me gifts all the time. That's just the way that that's the way that he was raised yeah. and, and, and being, being okay with that. Yeah. And, and so to add to that, I, I think that what we're getting at here is not the difference between, well, my family, we get everyone a gift. And so it ends up being like, you know, hundreds of dollars or whatever. Oh, but, and then in my family, we just do one gift and it's only 20 bucks. It, it goes beyond that. So you can argue about that, which way is right. And, you know, I don't want to do that. That's too expensive and all that. But once you uncover the reason and the history behind why you do those things, then you can have a greater understanding of each other. And once you go 
a little bit deeper into that conversation, that's where this this kind of stuff can really uh, be beneficial for your relationship. Right. You you learn more about you yeah, because when you're when you're talking about money, exactly, you're not talking about money, right? Exactly. Right. right. Um, let's talk about this. Okay. You know, this is for couples who are married, but it seems like you should be having some conversations about money before you get married. Yeah. Um, because like, it seems like, because like, yeah, you're like, I mean, you're, you're basically you're colliding not only you know, you're not colliding possibly um, bank accounts and all the right retirement accounts and debt and things like that, but you're also bringing together different ideas about money, different values about money, and. Uh, it'd be nice to get on like a, you know, start the relationship on a, 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 a nice pace, right? So you're all on the same yeah. page. So what kind of conversations about money should couples have before they get married? Yeah, it, it's a it's a really, really important question. And like, you know, when you start dating somebody, you have you have conversations like, what's your favorite movie? And, and what kind of music do you listen to? You know, and, and, and those are small, but those are important they, they, you learn about each other's personalities. And if we're going to talk about stuff like that, I really think that we need to be talking about important stuff like how much debt do you have and um, how much, you know, what do you think about savings and what do you think about retirement? And so I think that that stuff is so incredibly important that it really needs to be discussed. But if, if not before you get engaged, then definitely before you get married, because if you don't, I mean, my gosh, if you're just unaware of not even like a specific amount of debt, but your attitude towards it. So for example, I have $60,000 in student loans and I'm paying it off as fast as I can. That's one thing. But if you have 60000 in student loans and you don't care and you're not paying it off and you, and you don't care if it goes into default, you know, that's a whole nother thing. And it's all about your attitude towards the the financial situation. So my my suggestion is the more you talk about money and the more that you disclose before you get married, the better. And yeah. again, it's not necessarily about the numbers; it's about the attitude. Right. And like, well, I mean, what point in your relationship before, like, pre marriage, should you bring this up? Right. Like, you don't want to yeah. do it like on the fourth date when things are getting kind of <laughs> serious, right? And like, okay, let's let's talk because that's just going to creep people out. And then yeah. you know, so I mean, what point in the relationship should you uh, should you bring it up? So um, I think one of the most important things is to be observing each other constantly. So from date one to whenever it actually comes up formally, you, you watch and see like what kind of things that you're, uh, the person you're dating is spending money on so that it's always you know, in your mind. And then um, we kind of draw the lines between you know, engagement. So pre-engagement, I think that it should come up. Um, everybody's dating, you know, timeline is different. So you, maybe you dated for a year. So I, I can't give you a, an actual timeline of, you know, fourth date or sure. eighth date. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but when that feels right to you, you can bring it up specifically. And I think before engagement, you can talk about it in general, you know, yes, I have debt. Yes, I have a lot of debt. This is what I'm doing about it. These are my goals and that kind of thing. But you don't need to break out the laptop and pull up your bank accounts yet. Um, but we would say that after you're engaged, absolutely pull up the numbers. And, and you can even start working through that, uh, you know, as you're definitely intending to get married. So those are kind of the lines that we draw. That's actually a great idea. So you're like, you know, start working through the numbers together on a, you know, to sort out any financial problems before or just like at least get something a plan in place so that as you when you get married you guys are hitting the ground running yeah it, yeah at, at the very least at the very least be aware 
of, of what you're going into. Because the thing is, th this is where it doesn't make sense to me. If it, it, This is such an important part of a relationship. And if you're planning on being with somebody f for the rest of your life, um, it, it doesn't make sense to hold something that's so important back until after you're married. These things are so important. They, they need to be disclosed earlier. I, I mean, not the earlier, the better, not on like, like you said, the first date or the fourth date, but I think sooner rather than later, because they're so important. And if it's going to come up anyway, we'll just go ahead and bring it up so that you can see if this is something that we can get past and we can both be okay with, or is this going to be such a stumbling block that we we don't need to, you know, one or both of us isn't even comfortable with moving forward with the relationship. Eventually, you're going to have to figure that out. We got to talk about money. That That's easier said than done. But like for a lot of people, like they don't like to talk about money because it was a taboo subject for them growing up, right? Like their parents didn't talk to them about money. Uh, if, they, if it was, it was like in hushed tones. Um, so how do you start that conversation with someone who is reluctant to have that conversation? So I think that it's really important to, for, for someone like that, it's it's important to start with either um, emotions or, you know, feelings or with goals. So you can say, you know, instead of, hey, let's look at our budget, it's where do we, what do we want in life? Where do we want to be in five years? What sort of house do we want to have? Because if you're uncomfortable with money, you can probably still say like what kind of car you want to drive. And then from there, you can go into like, how do we do that? And then start kind of getting into the the nuts and bolts of it. Um, but then also it can be helpful just to appeal to, hey, this is really, really important to me. And I know that this is uncomfortable for you. So um, because you love me, can we can we set it aside some time to talk about this? Or can we make this a part of our ongoing um, conversation in our relationship? Because I don't want this to turn into a disaster later on. Um, so just appealing to those things, I think, can be helpful. Gotcha. And I'm, I imagine this conversation about money isn't a, is is it, it's not a one and done thing. Like you have to oh. to keep that going. So. Is it something you do informally or do you like, I mean, do you guys set aside like, here's, it's our, it's the third Wednesday of the month. We do our financial check-in as a couple. Um, how do you, what do you guys do to keep the conversation about money going? Yeah. So we basically do it monthly and it just all kind of stems around the monthly budget. Um, because w when you sit down together and do a monthly budget, you're going to eventually, through that process, talk about everything. You're going to talk about the kids. If you have kids, you're going to talk about the household bills, any debt that you're trying to pay off, retirement, savings, income. It, it, it's all discussed through the budget. And because you know money changes and life changes – Maybe not monthly, but you know, certainly every year something something happens that's kind of out of the norm. Um, I think it's really important for the conversation to be ongoing. J just just again for the simple fact that things change, um, and so if you if you stay on that together, but uh, and also you know another reason that it's important to to have it be an ongoing conversation is that it's really good for your relationship. That again, the, the common theme that's even in our book. Um, is that money is not necessarily only about money. It's about your relationship. So having a set time every month where you sit down with your spouse and go over the budget and talk about all those things is just a really good kickstart or sort of a refocusing for your relationship as a whole too. So you guys budget, like, do you guys recommend like couples sitting down together and budgeting, like talking, like yeah. every through line by line, like, well, here's what we're going to spend? Absolutely. And, you know, for us, we would sit down 
both of us together every single month for for uh, I don't know three or four years, the first three or four years, and then we had a we had a, a baby. And since then, as you know, <laughs> time gets very limited after that. And so since then, it's mostly been me where I will do the recap of the previous month and put it all in the categories. And then I'll draw up a, um, like, a like a basic budget. I'll do that all that on my own. And then Carrie and I will sit down real quick. And I'm basically just updating and informing Carrie and making sure if she has anything that she wants to change or that I – uh, you know, overlooked or something like that, that's fine because right now with having a one-year-old in the house, it just it's really hard to find an hour or two a month to sit down together. But as long as you're both being informed and updating each other at the very least, um, that, that's what we suggest doing that monthly. Wedding season is coming up, and if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer a free plant consultation forever. So I use Fast Growing Trees to order not an indoor tree, but an outdoor tree. There is an oak tree that was in our front yard that died a few years ago due to heat stress. Had to cut it down. There's been a blank spot that I wanted to put another tree there. I wanted a maple tree that turned bright red during the fall. And I went on Fast Growing Trees, found the tree that fit the criteria that I was looking for. Turns bright red. It's a maple tree that turns bright red in the fall. So if you want to try Fast Growing Trees, right now they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when they use code MANLINESS at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using code MANLINESS at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code MANLINESS, offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. All right, if you have a family, then you need to get term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make, and the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done so you can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. There's no risk to apply. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can cancel at any time. I remember when I was a new dad, I had a lot of thoughts going through my head. One of them was, 
how can I take care of my family when I'm gone, if something happens to me? Well, so one of the first things I did, I got term life insurance, one of the best decisions I made. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash manliness. That's meetfabric.com slash manliness. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash manliness. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, so yeah, you, it's, so you're saying it's okay to like uh, delegate financial duties within a marriage, right? Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, right. if, if one of you is better... Um, at doing it or just enjoys it more and the other one, you know, isn't as excited, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that you, you have to completely exclude them from the process. They, they should be at least informed as to what's going on. Well, and have input, and not have just input, like, this yeah. is what's happening. <laughs> yeah, no, not informed. Like I'm going to tell you how it is, but you know, yeah, I, we're buying a boat. All right. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> No, I'm informing you. I've, I've informed you that we're buying a boat. <laughs> My duty here is done. Exactly, you are informed. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, like in, in our in our uh, family, like Kate, like money just makes her eyes glaze over. Yeah, and I actually enjoy it. I get like getting into the accounts and like budgeting and doing all that stuff. So that's how we split it up. And yeah, like I'll tell Kate, you know, a few times a month, like here we are. Here's what the finances. What's here's what we're doing, and that's it. And it's not it's not really like a formal thing. We sit down like this is our financial meeting, just like. During the, this life, here we are. This is what we're doing. So sure, and yeah. it works for us. It's, it's worked yeah. for us so far. And that's what's important is that you're you're having the conversations, uh, whether or not it's a formal conversation or not. Like you said, find what works for you. But I think that the more that you do it, like the, Derek and I, we talk about money all the time because we have um, done it formally so much. So now, yeah. just in everyday conversation, we just talk about it's it. It's a habit. So I think, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. So yeah, maybe maybe start off making it very formal. Right until yes. it becomes just like a something you do. Exactly, and 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 let me sort of like back that up because that's right. I I really do think that especially at the beginning. Let let's just say for six months or maybe even a, a year. Even if um you know the one or the other doesn't really enjoy it and would rather not, I still think it's important for that person to see what goes on. It, uh, to, to create a budget and to actually be involved and maybe actually do it themselves, e- even if they only it, it's only like that for like six months, just so that person has the awareness of what goes into it, you know, so that when you do, um, you know, convert to a more casual just conversation, you know, updating every 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 once in a while, at least they have a frame of reference for what you're talking about, um, even though. 
you know, from then on for the rest of your marriage, it, it might just be one or the other who's, who's actually doing the budget. Gotcha. Um, so in, in the midst of these conversations, besides budgeting, I'm sure there is goal setting involved, yeah. right? So what kind of, and I think it's interesting whenever you read like personal finance blogs and like personal finance books, they usually talk about like a single person's making these personal finance goals. But when you stop and think about it, a lot of people like they're attached to another person, right? So they have like, yeah. when they're making a goal, like they're making it a goal for more than just them. Um, so taking that into account, what sort of goals uh, should a, a married couple be making that maybe perhaps uh, a, a someone who's single might not make? Uh, that's <laughs> that's a good question because that's where it gets really complicated. It's it's uh, a lot more straightforward when it's just one person making a decision for themselves, but when it's one or two people making decisions for for the both of them, that that's obviously where this gets more complicated and and I think in a lot of ways uh, uh, it makes it a lot more fun too to have two people involved but when you set those goals you, you can set big picture goals maybe once a year for example how, how much do we want to grow our net worth um, what kind of retirement do we want to have in 30 years from now and all, all that kind of stuff really informs your monthly budget and and from there it really informs your day-to-day purchases and your day-to-day um, decision making, and so I, I think that big picture stuff. If you if you visit it once a year, and talk about it, when you have those conversations, you can talk go back to talking about feelings and what are your wants and desires for the future. When you talk about big picture goals like that, and those can be really fun conversations to talk about stuff like that way off in the future, big picture goals. Um, and so I think that also having those big picture goals together, keeping them in mind, actually makes the day-to-day stuff easier or, or more enjoyable at least. When you realize, hey, we're, we're on the same team and we've got the same goals and we, that we've agreed to and that we're excited about, it makes the day-to-day budgeting or the month-to-month budgeting you know, a lot a, it makes it more meaningful. So it makes it a, a bit more enjoyable. Oh yeah, we're not just crunching numbers here and creating this boring budget. This is actually some a, a, a foundational thing that's going to lead towards um, us having this kind of lifestyle that we want together for our entire marriage and our entire life. Right, right. Yeah, because I mean, when, you're, when you have those conversations, like you're, you're probably having some really big picture conversations about your financial goals. Like, for example, you, you might have the conversation, well, uh, do, we want, do we want one of us to stay home to take care of the kids? Right. right? If, that's, yeah. if that's the case, then we're going to you know, have to you know, cut back on things so we can afford that, right? Yeah, and see, that's huge. And, and I'm glad you kind of brought up that scenario because that's something that's not so far off like retirement. That's something that's like today or, yeah. or, or, or less than five years for a lot of people. If, if, you're, getting, if you're just now starting out or you're just now newlywed, um, that's something that's going to be on your plate immediately. And, and that whole um, you know, one spouse staying home to take care of the kids full time, man, you're right. I mean that, that changes everything drastically. I mean, like, it's like slamming on the brakes, you know, that, that's a pretty, um, scary thing to do to just slam on the brakes on a car because it's really immediate and it really gets your attention. So something like that, uh, having a goal like that is something that we, we talk about in the book specifically, um, about 
whether whether one of you is going to stay home or not and how that affects that that affects all kinds of things right right and then there's other goals like you know if one of you might have a goal like we're going to pay off our house as soon as possible yeah right? that sounds pretty awesome um but the other couple the other person in the relationship might be thinking whoa 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 like i want to have some money that like we can spend yeah that's not tied up in our house right and so you have to have that conversation right uh, sure that, that's going to affect a lot of other decisions you make on a day-to-day basis absolutely Right. Okay. Um, so your book is called One Bed, One Make Account. All right. So we're going to bring up this question, which is, I think it's so funny. It's like one of the most controversial oh. personal finance questions yeah. uh, that's out there. Whenever I've, <laughs> whenever I've seen it brought up on the interwebs or it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing how much people love talking about this. Yeah. All right. So one bank account or separate accounts, what's your guys' verdict? One. Yeah. One. Uh, <laughs> Just yeah. answer that in one word. The the book title kind of gives it away there. <laughs> right. So why why is that? Why one bank account? Why what are the yeah. benefits of that for a marriage? Yeah, so we we are aware of the, the controversy. And um so for us, we're our focus on the book, we're not um we we are focusing on relationship, and so for us, it's it's best to have more transparency. Um, we think that unity is best. Being on the same page is best. And for us, we just think that one bank account facilitates all of those things better. So it's not necessarily that the you know that that two is bad, but it's easier to get into your own world with two bank accounts. It's easier to you know be spending without your spouse knowing about it. Um, it's easier for things to be hidden. It's easier to not feel like you need to bring things up. Whereas with one, it's, you know, we go through our bank account and Derek sees that I, that I spent, you know, $30 at Panera and, you know, that comes up and we talk about it. And, and for us, that transparency and that being on the same page and us being able, being comfortable enough to talk to those things, talk about each other, talk to each other about those things is important. Um, Cause if, if I feel like I can't, bring things up. I can't bring up my desires. I can't bring up, um, you know, the fact that I'm, uh, flawed and that sometimes I go over budget and, uh, you know, I'm afraid that Derek's going to go off the handle. That's, that's a bad sign, not just for our finances, but for our relationship. Yeah. And so for us, we, it, it just facilitates oneness better. Um, of course there are pros to having two, there are pros, you know, to having one, but, um, for us, the relational aspect is, is more important. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, what are the pros? Let's, 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 we'll be uh, in the in the in the in, in all fairness. Let's look at. We're going to be uh, neutral here. But what are the uh, the benefits of two or the, of two separate bank accounts? Sure. So, so some would say that the benefits of two bank accounts are it sort of eliminates a lot of uh, conversations. You don't have to say, "Hey, can I spend this amount of money on um, clothing this month, or this amount of money on?" going out to eat and all that kind of stuff. It, it, some would argue that it does make things more simple. I've got my money. You've got your money. You take care of yours the way you want to, and I'll take care of mine the way, the way I want to. And that's certainly understandable. Um, but I, I, I would say that that leaves out the, the fact that you don't have to have those conversations might sound enticing, but I would say that you're missing out on some stuff whenever you don't have to have those conversations because you're keeping your, your um, bank accounts separate. Right, right. Yeah. When you're talking about money, you're not talking about money. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Okay. Again, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Kate and I, we have one bank account and you're right. Like you have those conversations. You're like, you know, for the most part, we kind of give ourselves like each, uh, like a discretionary amount that we spend each month. But whenever we are going to go over that, like we have the conversation like, okay, Hey, right. I'm going to spend a big chunk 
uh, on this. Here's why I need to do this. Uh, is that okay? We have the conversation about it. Right. Um, so, well, okay. But here's the question with one, one big account that a lot of people have. And like, I've, I have this problem. I don't know what to do about it either. Like yeah. gift giving, right? Like yeah. what do you, it's Christmas right. time. <laughs> like, you know, if you're, you're, if you're, if you guys are on the same, same team or the same uh, page with finances, you're looking, Oh, here's this thing from Amazon. What did you buy at Amazon? <laughs> oh, okay. How do you handle that? <laughs> okay, we we actually get that question a lot. Like everyone brings that up, and I got I got kind of maybe two answers to that. One, here's here's the quick and easy answer. You just go to your spouse and you say, "Hey, j- j-, you know, you kind of give it away. You say, don't check the bank account until next Thursday." I got, I bought something and and you'll see what it is. You know, it's a surprise. You're just going to have to give it away unless, unless you can somehow pay cash for it. But there, there's no avoiding that. So you just straight up say it, you know, but, and and that can, you can even turn that into a positive because then they know that you, you've got them something and it's a surprise and they, you know, you can kind of have fun with it. Right. Sure. Okay. So that, that's like one easy way to answer it. But the other thing is like, that that happens so that that happens so in, infrequently, you know. Maybe it's once a year or whatever, but it just happens. It doesn't happen often enough, and there are so many other benefits um, to the to having one bank account that the fact that you might get discovered for buying a, a special present as a surprise to me, it just it that's just not enough. Not even close to enough to like, you know, blow up the whole um, or or. Abandon the entire, you know, budgeting process. Your entire financial life, you know, together. Well, I, I want to buy you a surprise every now and then, so we're going to keep separate accounts and and forget everything else. It's just not enough to, um, you know, carry enough weight to to convince me that having two bank accounts is worth it. <laughs> right, right, right. Then again, gift giving isn't your love language. So. Right. Well, yeah, I never give gifts, so I never have <laughs> so to worry about that. Issue. Easy for you to say, Derek. <laughs> exactly. Easy for you to say. Um, but a few practical things that we give in the book, too. Um, you talked about having discretionary funds, Brett, and we do the same thing. Yeah. And so one thing that you can do is just to build build that up secretly. So if you, if you give each other $100 a month discretionary or 200 whatever it is, 50 bucks, you can build that up, uh, you know, cash secretly and then um, buy your gift that way. And then you can also enlist the help of a friend. And then you can also get Amazon gift cards. So if you don't want them to see exactly what the thing was, maybe you're buying, you know, a spa treatment, you can get an Amazon gift card that spends just like a credit card. So then they'll see that you spent money on a, the gift card, but they won't know what the actual thing is. So the actual gift is a surprise. You can use the Amazon gift card um, or Visa gift card rather, sorry, and go and, and actually buy the gift with that as opposed to something that's going to show up on oh, your bank account. I see. I've never even thought of that. That's very sneaky. <laughs> yeah, that's, not, that's like some spy stuff right there. See, <laughs> wow. and that's, you know, okay, so that's for people who are in a healthy relationship. That's not to give people who are in an unhealthy relationship advice on how to work around their <laughs> yeah. Work around their finances. Their yeah, right, yeah. Go. Could be used for good and for bad. <laughs> that is right. It is like, yeah, okay. You want to be the good spy. Exactly. Um, so how do you, here's a problem. Okay. So you, you're on the same page financially, but there's going to be mistakes. One person, the couple might make a, just a huge boneheaded financial mistake. How should the couple manage that? Right. What's the best way to approach when one person in the relationship has just made a boneheaded financial move? 
Right. Yeah, that's a very good question because that's going to happen. We're all human. We all make mistakes. It's just going to happen. So I've actually got an answer and then, and then Carrie's got something to add afterwards. Um, the first thing, because um, it, it kind of depends on what you're saying. So let's say, for example, um, you, you set a monthly budget and then throughout the month, um, let's say that I go over my restaurant um, spending allowance by $50 or whatever, you know. And then at the end of the month, it comes out, and I'm like, ah. And um, it, it's discovered that I went over by $50. Well, one way to, to address that is for Carrie just to point me to the budget and say, hey, and instead of getting mad, that, that's what I'm trying to say. Instead of getting upset and saying, you idiot, you know, you went over by $50. I'm so upset with you. I'm really pissed off, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. That, I might not respond well to that because I feel like I'm being personally attacked. Even even though I made a mistake, you know, making mistakes isn't fun and then being attacked for it isn't fun either. But one one thing that you can do is just point each other back to the budget and say, "Hey, we agreed to this budget, remember? And and you you agreed to this. We both agreed to this, and then you blew it off and and overspent." And what it does is it sort of turns the situation back on yourself. So you're, you can't really get mad at your spouse when you're the one that made a mistake. And then you can use the budget as sort of like an intermediary, sort of like a, um, what's the word I'm trying to? Intermediary? Yes, intermediary. Yeah. Intermediary. <laughs> intermediary. You can, you can use the budget kind of like that um, in that way. And then Carrie's got another um, approach. Well, I, I was just going to, I think that's, that's great. But, um, Brett, you did say a, a boneheaded mistake, which is different from ongoing, you uh, know, yeah. um, just, Hey, right. I don't care and I'm going to spend what I want. So that's different. And if that's happening again, there are deeper issues than just a budget problem. So if that's happening, um, depending on what the situation is, um, maybe you even need to seek out counseling because if, if it's an issue where, um, one spouse is just disregarding the well-being of the couple and of the relationship and of the desires of the other, uh, then, you know, again, of course there, there are more deep seated issues than what can be solved by simply fixing your budget. Right. Well, right. This is all great information. Where can uh, folks find out more about your guys' work and about the book? Yeah. So our website is just DerekandCarrie.com, and it's spelled D-E-R-E-K. And C-A-R-R-I-E. Wow. Yeah. And so that and that's where you can find out more about us and our podcast, too, and the book as well. And, and the book is available on Amazon as well. Great. And I'll mention, I'll mention too, uh, you mentioned a couple times, you know, it's hard to start talking about money. We do have a free ebook that we give away called Four and a Half Conversation Starters. That's kind of just a, a low stress, non-threatening, uh, four, four and a half questions that you can uh, get and, and start that conversation if it's been something that's been hard for you to do or that you're both uncomfortable with. It kind of gives you a little guide and they're, they're easy, uh, just getting started questions just to get those conversations started. Yeah. And those are on our website um, if you sign up for our newsletter. Great. Derek and Carrie Olson, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Brett. Brett. My guests today were Derek and Carrie Olson. They're the authors of the book, One Bed, One Bank Account. And you can find that on amazon.com. And actually, they have it right now. It's $3.99 on Kindle there. So pick it up. Great deal. They also have it available in paperback. And for more information about their work, check out their website, DerekandCarrieOlson.com. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And want to give you guys a heads up. I'm taking a break from the podcast until the new year. Going to spend some time with my family over the holidays. 
as well as get some much needed R&R and uh, prepare another year of great podcast for you. I want to take this time to uh, thank you all for your continued support of the Art of Manliness podcast. I really do appreciate the letters, the emails, the tweets you all you all send offering your support for the podcast. Thank you so much. My goal for next year is to continue adding value to you through the podcast, as well as finding ways I can improve the podcast so I can add even more value to you. So I'm going to do all I can to deliver on that. So thanks again. And until next time, this is Brett McKay wishing you a very Merry Christmas and to stay manly. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.